This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy, out along with Bruce Marshall, executive editor of the Gold Sheet, who's on fire last week, six and zero right here last week. Huh? Yeah, yeah, Bruce, that's right. I know you do so many damn shows, you can't keep track. But yeah, right here, six and zero, well done. And let's get right to it. You know, in SEC country, we're looking ahead a little bit to that doubleheader: Georgia hosting Tennessee. Alabama going to uh, Death Valley to uh, Baton Rouge to take on LSU. All four of those teams control their own destiny in the Southeastern Conference. But we got these look-ahead spots, and I've been getting this question a lot, and I'll ask you in a pair, Bruce. Florida, George, Georgia big favorite over Florida. Tennessee big favorite over Kentucky. Which one has, which dog has a better chance of covering, or do they both, you start with Georgia, Florida? I'm I, only because this number is a lot bigger here, Jimmy. That's my only concern with Georgia, Florida. Um, but I, I actually, I, I think Florida's got. I only know that Florida's in some trouble here in this game because Georgia is so good. But Richardson's uh, up and down performances, mostly down, as you reminded me last week, um, make Florida rather hard uh, to trust here, Jimmy. Um, and, and last year, he did play against Georgia. They picked him off a couple of times. That was 34-7 to last year. Uh, and then that was right near the end of the Dan Mullen thing. But uh, Florida's inconsistency on offense really has been a bother to not only me, but to Billy Napier and all those Florida fans who think they should win a national title every year, which is like all of them. Um, Georgia had the week off last week. And the two games before that, now it was only uh, against Auburn and Vandy, but I think Kirby set the stretch drive up very well in those games because they had some problems in games before that. Remember the Mizzou game a few weeks ago? We talked about that one. They barely escaped that. Kent State, they weren't sharp. Turnovers were a real problem there. They were really sloppy across those two games, and the passing game seemed to bog down some. Well, uh, if the last two games mean anything, I think they've sort of ironed out their turnover things. Let's see if it continues, but they've only, they only had one combined in those last two wins. They also threw a combined four TD passes between Stetson Bennett and Beck, his backup in the Vanderbilt game. So they seem like they've ironed some of that stuff out. And so many things have to go right here for, for Florida. So I, 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 I think Florida's hard-pressed here. 41-16 updated score forecast. I don't love laying over three TDs, especially in a rivalry game like this. But uh, the only drama this week is if uh, those Georgia fans go out and find Larry Munson's call, the 1980 game. And then just, Scott, go, Lindsey, go, Lindsey, run, Lindsey, run. Yes, One of my favorite interviews when I was in Athens uh, during the games was with Larry Munson. And, I mean, you're just a legendary 
uh, SEC play-by-play boy. No question about it. Georgia, Kirby, what's he, what does he want to do first? He wants to run the football. And Florida only returned one defensive tackle from last year. I mean, so they were suspect up front defensively. They're secondary. They like to claim, them and LSU go back and forth claiming DBU. Um, they are not close to what they've been. Uh, in a, this is just, this is, Georgia should score a lot of points. Can Richardson throw the ball effectively enough for them to move against that very good defense? And the other thing, even with Tennessee coming to town next week, Bruce, um, they want to beat Florida as bad as they can. We know Spurrier beat them as bad as they can. And you know what? Kirby, before he was a coach at, uh, at Georgia, he was a player at Georgia. He understands his rivalry uh, as well. And running the ball, they're going to score a lot of points. I like Georgia as well. Tennessee, or the, and the other thing I like, Bruce, is Georgia is more of a mature program handling look-ahead spots in these tricky spots in the uh, in the schedule. And I'm worrying about them. Forget that South Carolina loss. Big drop-off from Will Levis to the backup quarterback at Kentucky when they lost to South Carolina. Never had a chance uh, in that one. Can they handle <coughs> the look-ahead spot here against Kentucky? I'm a little more concerned about Tennessee uh, for the reasons that you mentioned there, Jimmy, that I'm not sure Tennessee's quite as mature, although I'm, we might be overstating that a bit, but maybe not. Um, but also because I think Kentucky's more formidable than, than uh, Florida right now. Now, the spread reflects that as well. But uh, a couple of things. You mentioned Levis. Now, they also had a week off last week, and I think that was very well-timed for Mark Stoops. One, it gave Levis another week to get that turf toe better, and he played uh, two weeks ago against Mississippi State, didn't play too bad, so he's going to be getting close to 100%. Plus, Rodriguez came back earlier in the month. So this is one of the first times uh, Kentucky has had all hands on deck, really, uh, all season because uh, Rodriguez missed the entire month of September. Um, so in, in that regard, yes. Also, uh, Kentucky now knows um, it can at least win a game in Knoxville, which it did two years ago. Yeah, it was COVID year. They hadn't won in uh, Neyland Stadium since Jerry Claiborne had been there. So you're going back 36 years before 2020. And it was a mental thing for Kentucky to go in there and win. They haven't beaten ten- Tennessee much at all, but they had not beat them in Knoxville until, until two years ago. So psychologically, they know they can do it at least now. It's blasphemous to compare Tennessee 2020 with Pruitt still there and that last year when things went sideways and what uh, what Josh Heupel is doing right now. Uh, but uh, this could be a tricky spot. Remember last year they went into uh, Lexington, and that was after K- Tennessee was up to speed, and they barely outscored Kentucky in that one, 45-42. They did get the spread cover in that game. So the spread has flipped around since last year, I know. But Kentucky's formidable. And uh, that look-ahead thing, you know, we'll see here with Tennessee. It's the first time, I mean, uh, that they've really had that. Uh, the Bama game a couple weeks ago it was only UTM coming up next, and now, you know, we got Kentucky with Georgia on deck. I'm not sure. We'll see how they'll handle it. I think they win. I don't know that they cover 34-27, our score forecast for the Volunteers. All right. Uh, so you you, you – you, uh, I'm sorry. You got uh, Kentucky plus the points, but Tennessee winning the game. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, I tell you what, the hooker's hard not to like, though, huh, Bruce? I mean, he is. Uh, I had to laugh when the oh. first uh, draft analysis had him, the 96th overall prospect. If he's 96, oh. <laughs> I mean, I'd, what do we look at? I'd like to see the other 95. Yeah, sure. where's I, the other 95? I, I actually think he is the most serious challenger to C.J. Stroud for the Heisman right now. I think it's right now those two, one, two, either way. 
Oh no, no, no. I, I, I. It yep. was fourteen, fifteen to one before Alabama. I mean, and Bryce Young can't do anything more. I mean, right. he threw for almost five hundred yards, keeping his team and taking a lot of hits in a Tennessee game. But it's all about you got to win games, and that boom, he went from fourteen to one to two to one uh, overnight uh, after the uh, Alabama win. Here's one for you. Speaking of quarterbacks and quarterbacks being hurt. Am I just chasing money here, Bruce? But Kansas State uh, hosting Oklahoma State. Kansas State is two. Um, few things working here. Check till we get closer, and should you tell me what's the word on the Kansas State quarterback health situation? Martinez went out early. The backup was pretty good. He goes out, and they lose an 18-point lead, and they don't even cover the four-point spread uh, in Fort Worth last week. The Horn Frogs just come back all the time, and also Oklahoma State. They are not happy with Oklahoma and Texas leaving leaving the conference, and I'm sorry, but that is a little they, that was a little emotion in Stillwater uh, last week, and maybe a little letdown as they go to Sleepy Manhattan here. I like K State minus a two. Do you agree? I, I I I can see that argument. I think this is a tough one. I lean the other way a little bit, and I'll tell you why in, in a second. Okay. But to the your first point there with the quarterbacks, we will see about Martinez. That's still to be determined. Howard should be available. He did come back in the game late last week, and I think as far as Chris Kleiman is concerned, he'd be comfy if he had to go into battle with Howard this week. Howard has started before for him. It's You just don't want to get down to the third stringer. Uh, but uh, Howard, I, they think he would be available at least this week. We'll see about uh, Martinez. Uh, and you're right. I mean, K-State, is, is uh, uh, they're a tough cookie here, and uh, they blew – I wonder how they're going to react because they blew, a like you said, a substantial lead last week. Gundy, though, I, I've I've got to the point here where I, I've stopped looking for spots to pick against him and Oklahoma State. Uh, they have covered 10 straight games away from Stillwater. Um, Gundy, 15-5 and five his last 20 against the spread. I mean, he has been a as good a spread coach as there's been over the last two seasons. And uh, Sanders played through. Now, he had been banged up a little bit, too, and you saw him step it up last week. I actually like the job Derek Mason is doing with this defense, too. We know we've talked about it before. He came in there to take Jim Knowles's place, and Knowles went up to Ohio State, took his blitz packages with him. Uh, several players, especially in the secondary, mostly in the, sec- uh, the, bo- the back seven, a lot of replacing they had to do. Uh, Mason has kept some of his schemes, but uh, he's mixing and matching okay. Uh, Texas was moving the ball really freely in the first half last week. In the second half, they weren't, and, and you saw Mason make some adjustments there. He's coaching his rear end off with these guys, and they had Max Duggan really flustered for about three and a half quarters uh, with that zone defense two weeks ago down in Fort Worth. So I kind of like the way pieces are fitting in there for Oklahoma State, and they really have a chip on their shoulder. And, uh, you know, they're mad they blew that game to TCU. That They may get another crack at TCU in, in the Big 12 title game, but they're going to have to win this one to get there. Uh, I think Oklahoma State, although uh, it's tough, and I can understand the K-State uh, argument here. Uh, 33-27, Oak State. Clo- real tough game, but I'm leaning to Gundy. All right, uh, Bruce, he and I are split on that when he's got uh, Oklahoma State. But what are you hearing about, uh, again, Martinez and the backup? Uh, uh, Howard should be, would be ready to go. Um, uh, Martinez, they, they'll go with Martinez if he's ready. No word yet if he's going to be available. I, did, I heard there was some confidence that he would be coming back. He's really had a nice year. Uh, yes, under Colin Klein as a, a coordinator. He, uh, he was a turnover machine that is completely, you know, cured uh, cured that. All right, Bruce, let's get to the uh, ACC. And uh, I'm trying to get this Georgia Tech under 
uh, under three and a half. Hanging on by a thread. But I got that Virginia win. And, boy, that was an ugly football game last Thursday. Florida State in Tallahassee, 24-point favorites over Georgia Tech. Well, Sims is hurting here uh, for, for Georgia Tech. And, yes. and you, saw, you saw what happened to that offense when he was out. Gibson, the backup, couldn't do anything. And they couldn't protect him. And it all sort of fell apart. And I think that, okay, when, you, when you've got interim coaches in there, sometimes these guys develop some momentum um, when they – or auditioning for the job. And I think Brent Key got himself to that point where he was sort of auditioning. It was still a long shot, but the new AD, Jay Bat, coming in from Alabama, has a working relationship with Key when he was at Alabama on Nick's staff a few years ago. So there was a thought that Key was actually sort of in the mix prior to the Virginia game. But then it all sort of fell apart uh, last week, and, and Sims means so much to that offense. And uh, they had sort of figured some things out in those two wins prior with Key, but then it just, like we said, crashed and burned last week. Now, what you worry about in situations like this, the reality sets in with the players that are there and also the staff that's there. That's, look, that we're going to have a house cleaning here. And the players, I mean, we've, in the era of the portal, a lot of them look to move anyway. Well, I can guarantee you a lot of them right now are looking, do I have a spot in the new program with whoever the new coach is going to be coming in? Because it's 98% going to be someone aside from Brent Key. So, uh, but I'm talking a lot about Georgia Tech. As far as this game goes, though, in the numbers, the total in this game uh, is up there, you know, 47. I'm not sure what the bet is. It's 47 and a half at Bet Rivers. 47 and a half. Okay. That's too high, I think, because okay. I, I, I don't think Georgia Tech, especially with Sims hurting, is going to be able to do much damage. Uh, on, on the other side, I mean, Florida State, um, you know, trying to put its season back uh, together after that uh, three-game losing streak, and, and Travis and company, they'll score enough to be uh, well ahead and comfortably ahead in this game. But this isn't the most dynamic attack either. And the fact that Georgia Tech's not going to be able to do as much. And, uh, you know, I think they're not going to have – they're not going to be throwing the ball a lot either. They're going to try to keep a very vanilla game plan. The the clock should be moving. This is one of my favorite totals of the week uh, under Georgia Tech-Florida State. Our score forecast was 33-7 to in the sheet. So – Florida State, that's a lot of points to lay, so a little bit there, but a much stronger vote on the under. So that would be my recommendation in this All one. right, let's go out west uh, and uh, the Mountain West and uh, to Fresno where they got off to a rough start, uh, finally covering uh, when they beat uh, San Jose State. Now they're at home at eight and a half against San Diego State. This is, boy, these two teams just not quite what they used to be, especially San Diego State. What has happened? At San Diego, we're supposed to was the the Red Dragon uh, Stadium was the new on campus stadium. What, what is it, Bruce? Uh, so Snap, Snapdragon, yeah. Snapdragon. There you go. There you go. So uh, Fresno eight and a half at home against San Diego State. Yeah, that's they're going to be playing the Holiday Bowl now, and uh, it's right next to where the old stadium was. And for those of us who had been at that stadium long ago, that's um, a little sad to see what they did to the to the to the old stadium there. But uh, they've got a shiny new stadium. They don't have a okay. I shouldn't say that. I was going to say they don't have a shiny new quarterback either. That's been their problem. Uh, and Brady Hoke, and this sort of has endured, and it hasn't gotten any better since Rocky Longleaf. But Rocky had this this program going to bowl games every year. Uh, but, you know, the, it wasn't because of their offense in recent years. And Hoke took over last year. They struggled. They were juggling quarterbacks last year. This year, really tr- struggling. Burmeister came in. The, tr- the transfer he had been to Oregon and Virginia Tech. It wasn't working with him. They went through a couple of others. They finally uh, arrived at this uh, uh, Jalen Maben, the, the former safety. And he, had, he, he was a safety and playing on special teams early in the season. Had been at Mississippi State for a bit before. 
And they put him in the lineup a couple of weeks ago, and lo and behold, he's done better than any of the quarterbacks they had. Burmeister is now playing a wide receiver, by the way, but uh, Maven seems to be giving them a little bit of a spark offensively. Uh, they still play pretty rugged defense. Uh, Fresno has turned its season around, and I would be aware of a team like this that was undershooting for a while. And, of course, we know Hainer, the quarterback, was hurt, and that, uh, that ankle injury was a problem. Fife, the backup now, has had a lot of chance to play. Uh, but uh, San Diego State still is playing pretty good defense. I think they've, if not solved, they've semi-solved their thing at quarterback, and they now have a competent pilot there. A little bit of revenge. Remember, this game was in Carson last year when San Diego State was playing its road games up right. 100 miles north, and San Diego State lost. I I think they got a shot here. I think I think maybe they've they've kind of figured some things out at quarterback, and uh, their defense will keep them in this thing. Um, so over a TD, darn right, I'll give uh, the Aztecs a shot uh, this week in the Great Central Valley. All right, so San Diego State plus the eight and a half uh, in that one. Staying in the uh, Mountain West, since boy, some midseason adjustments here. Fire the offensive coordinator. Bring in some old school Boise blood, huh? And Dirk Cutter to call uh, plays. He left Boise for that Arizona State job, and and he had been uh, a coordinator in the NFL uh, for a little bit as well. Colorado State was Nevada to Colorado State greener pastures uh, for the coach. I forget his name, but it's been a rough go in Fort Collins. That's why this monster number now twenty seven on the Smurf turf. Yeah, and uh, Jay Norvell, the coach, and. Uh... You know, he was looking to move after last year. The, the AD was on his way out at Nevada, and it was sort of like the best offer he got. And it, Colorado State, so now he's getting paid more than he got played in Reno, and the facilities there are better, uh, considerably better. They Within the last few years, they built a new football center there. They built a new on-campus stadium. So the facilities are very nice at the Colorado State. And so it's an upgrade uh, from uh, Nevada, though I think Norvell was hoping he'd get a better job than that but he was ready to leave after last year nonetheless those are the dynamics behind the leave it's been a bumpy road here for him at colorado state but they have started to play better lately they've got a couple of wins in their last three games but look at those scores uh 17 13 17 13 17 14 and keep going back early in the season they don't have a lot of offense he really doesn't have a quarterback he brought over one of his transfers melon from uh, reno uh, he was hurt they were going with a freshman they just don't have a lot of offense but the positive for us in that regard is how about there's also totals with these guys seven games seven unders every game under thus far and we're talking about Boise and you talk about Dirk Cutter coming back as the offensive coordinator this is a run first offense and uh, it's a good run first offense Holani and Genty are a very good one-two combination and of course and we know Taylor Green out quarterback uh, because Bachmeyer the previous starter left earlier in the season so this is a really run-based offense and again the clock is going to move this is that old uh, service academy uh, sort of thing and we'll like we'll get one of those next week with the army and air force uh but uh under the way to go here any total in the 40s involving colorado state is way too high and uh, boise is going to help that because they're going to just be running the football and pounding and this looks like a you know a 22 to 7 sort of game to me so under that worked for Colorado State last week. We had that at the gold sheet against Hawaii, and uh, under again here. A, a big, big recommendation on the under uh, anytime Colorado State's on the field. 
43 is the number right now at uh, Bet Rivers, so under 43. You, you wonder if Bruce has got stock in uh, FS1. The Fresno State, San Diego State, Boise State, Colorado State, FS1 doubleheader, 7 Eastern, then 1030 Eastern on the West Coast. Uh, be uh, before in uh, 730. Finally, speaking of low-scoring teams, you want to talk about the Iowa Hawkeyes. The Iowa Hawkeyes, 11-point favorites over Northwestern, who's undefeated in Dublin. Uh, this year, but not so good outside of Dublin. Again, Iowa 11 over uh, Northwestern. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Pat Fitzgerald is tempted to move all of his games to County Cark or maybe back to Dublin if he had to because they're 1-0, like you said, in Ireland. So uh, <laughs> they've got they got Aer Lingus all fired up there in uh, Chicago at O'Hare to take them over whenever they're ready. But – Instead, they go to Iowa State this week. And my goodness, I, I think the Iowa fans would gladly send Brian Ferentz. they deport him to Kirk Ferentz? They could. Yeah. Well, Kirk for sure. Oh, wait. Kirk, we... But his son is the one oh. they want to move out. Okay. Brian, okay. the offensive coordinator. Okay. Oh, and yes, yes. Nepotism at its best. <laughs> yes, yes. I think they'll give – Kirk's still got a little runway because he's won a lot there. Brian, this offense, and, and he's very stubborn with it too, and they just don't have a lot of offense there. And it's – this is like watching the Denver Broncos play themselves, I think, in this game <laughs> because neither of these teams is going to be able to do very much. But I'm loath to lay points with, with Iowa. And this offense is just is – just, is just pathetic. And look at them right down at the bottom of the national stats right now. This is not a vintage Pat Fitzgerald a Northwestern team because their offense has struggled some too, but they do have a few spread coverage here. They hung in there at Penn state. The weather was a little bit bad that day. Uh, but, uh, and, and they, this has generally been a good role as a road dog for Fitzgerald throughout his career. It wasn't last year, uh, but they've covered a couple of, uh, of the games this year and he's had some success against Iowa in the past too. Uh, and one here two years ago at Iowa city when the Hawkeyes had a little bit more offense, you don't hear me say this too much this year. Go with Northwestern. Uh, I'm going to do it this week. This is mostly an anti-Iowa pick. Who am I kidding? But that's who Northwestern's playing this week, and there's no way I'm going to lay 11.5 with Iowa. No, no way. Iowa's 11-point favorites. They average 11 points a game this year. But that is counting their defensive scores as well, and that is including games against South Dakota State, Nevada, Rutgers. So – that's uh that's pretty uh pretty tough there. So Northwestern plus the eleven. Bruce has under forty three. Boise State, Colorado State, San Diego State plus the eight and a half. Georgia Tech, uh um uh Georgia Tech in um I'm sorry Florida State. Geez, I'll get it right. The under forty seven and a half in Georgia Tech in Florida State. Uh, Oklahoma State plus the two. Kentucky plus twelve and a half. Georgia minus twenty two and a half. For Bruce Marshall, the gold sheet. I'm Jimmy Ott on the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.